Hello and welcome to the County Road Bobblers podcast with a bit of a twist. There's an Englishman, a Welshman and a Yank. We're not walking into a bar and by all means it's definitely not a joke. Uh, but this is actually a World Cup podcast and we're going to actually relax and talk about other things that aren't necessarily event related. But we can't help ourselves, can we? You've only got to look at Twitter this week. Every player that plays, you know, we should sign him. You know, what are we doing? Why aren't our team finding this player? Or it's an ex-player like Valencia scoring goals. So we, we, we do spend our time on our breaks looking for tenuous links back to Everton. We, we can't just we can't just step away for, for even a week. Um, but there you go. So our, our Welshman is uh, Matt Barry coming back for another appearance on, on the podcast. Becoming a regular thing this, Matt. So welcome to yourself, mate. Thanks for having me back on. Of course, mate, and uh, and another person that just comes back like a boomerang and, and part of the little bobblers group now as well as is Astro, our man Nick Palmer. So welcome to yourself, Astro, again. Hi, you mate. Thanks for having me. Good so, to be here. Yeah, no, it's always good to catch up with good people and have a bit of a laugh. Bit of nostalgia coming in there with Gazetta Italia as well. Thought I'd uh, have a bit of an international theme and move away from. The, uh, the constant soap drama of, of Everton um, and that kind of Brookside theme tune. Um, so, more importantly, before we get into the World Cup, um, I'll start with you, yourself, um, Matt. How are you? Uh, you how, how are you, you enjoying your sabbatical? I know it's only been a week or so. It's, do you feel a lot more de-stressed? Or? Um, yeah, I, I, I thought I would be able to, um, to have a clean break until Boxing Day, but there I was at... 3:38 on Sunday morning, waking up to uh to watch to watch the game, um yeah, so you know you, there's just no there's no escape. You can kid yourself as much as you want. You tell yourself that you're not going to do it, and then and 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 there you are. And I, I I said to my wife before before we went to bed, I've got all no intention of getting up to watch this game at all. But I'll bet you, I'll bet you that my body clock just wakes me up, bang on in time for it. And yeah, there I was, three thirty-eight downstairs. What on on Astro Super Sport, like whatever whatever it was, and um, and that 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 stream was a little bit flaky, so I managed to find it on Celtic TV. And but and they by the end of the game they were fuming, but they didn't win, absolutely fuming. Patterson scored on the winning penalty against Celtic as well, or scored yeah. one of the penalties. Yeah, enjoyed that. Um, Talking about Astro Sports, um, we've got obviously uh, our, our, our mate Astro on. Uh, he's not flaky or or, or as bad oh, as yes. a stream, hopefully. But oh, um... yes, I am. I'm as I'm as dodgy as a stream that has them dirty adverts that pops up in the middle of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm about as dodgy as it gets. Uh, how have you been enjoying it, Astro? I mean, I, I have been. Diff- I've, I've got to admit, I'm trying not to watch content. Um, because it, it tends to be focusing on stuff that I don't necessarily want to mull about at the moment. But Toffee TV hats, well, bobble hats off to them because they've pulled me in this week constantly with with quality content. And yeah, yeah. have you have you stepped away from Astro? Or have you been catching a bit like um, myself occasionally? But I've been very very busy uh, these last few weeks, um, both personally and professionally. Um, and I and I think that like people may have noticed, I haven't done a match reaction for the last three matches, and that's partially because I didn't have anything to say that was positive, and I got to a point where like 
you know, I didn't want to put anything negative out. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. And the last thing that anybody needed was me ranting and raving like a lunatic in the backyard over things that I have zero control over. Plus, I've been like shadow banned on Twitter. So many people have like reached out to me and said, we haven't seen your reactions this season. Uh, we're not seeing your stuff. And I'm like, well, I can't do anything about it. You know, Twitter's weird. And, 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 you know, like I said, I've taken a big step back from, uh, from kind of everything for a bit. I have been watching Toffee TV because their, their World Cup watch alongs are incredible. Um, there was a massive debate on sweets today. And, and I, I'm down for that. I'm here for that. That's the discourse. That's the content that I want. Um, you know, and, and like, Listen, it's only a matter of time before I jump on there and start winding Baz up about his <laughs> really, really contentious thoughts about Apollo 11 and how it didn't <laughs> land on the moon. And he and I have a very, very vigorous discussion about that. Um, it's the one thing Baz and I disagree on, I think. Um, but no, like I've really tried to put Everton out of my mind. Uh, I, You know, the, lucky for me, those uh, matches down under didn't fit any kind of a workable time frame for me. So I was just able to look at the results. Um, and I sit there and say, I take a step back from Everton as I'm wearing a trackie and drinking out <laughs> of an Everton mug. So, you know, even when I cut Everton out, they're never far away because they're always yeah. in your heart, right? You just you just quit listening to that side of yourself, right? So, um, so yeah, I've just been really like um, enjoying the lead up to the World Cup. Um, I, I had to, like I said, it, I was telling you guys before we got started recording, it's such a weird spot to be in because 12 years ago, I was nuts about the U.S. national team, right? Because it was six months after I – World Cup 2010 was right after I started following Everton, okay, um, that season. Landon had been on loan with us, yeah, and he's there. Tim Howard's there. Uh, we had an incredible run, had a draw against England, right? And for me, um, I – as my interest in Everton grew to be the all-consuming entity that it is, okay, something had to go. And that was my love for the U.S. national team. And it didn't help that they were awful, right? And I just didn't – I didn't. they didn't resonate with me. And one of the reasons why I love Everton so much is I feel it, right? Everton's always there. It's all, Like I said, it's always kind of running in the background. And in and, and like every match, I end up getting myself wound up no matter how hard I try not to – and it's because I care and it's this visceral yeah. emotion. Right. And I don't, and you can't, I can't fake that. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Right. If I'm not having a good time, I got a face like a freshly slapped ass. It's just going to show up. Um, that's why I'm never going to play cards with anybody. Cause I lose my ass. I learned that really fast. <laughs> um, so, so for me, I've been, I'm last year in the euros, I got riled up for England. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and, and now I just, I, I, I identify with that team. I know all those players. I see them play week in and week out. The great wall of Pickford is England's number one. Okay. Standing tall between the pipes, you know, you got the road warrior, Connor Cody and in reserves on the defense. (laughs) Right. Okay. And when Harry Maguire pulls a Harry Maguire, okay. We're going to get the, you know, the, the one, one half of the County road bushwhackers out there to, you know, bolster the England defense. Um, and I'll, I'll stop talking now, but I'm in this really wonderful place where I'm pissing Americans off, right? Because I'm not <laughs> team USA. All right. I've been called, I've been called this century's Benedict Arnold by a few people because I'm a turncoat <laughs> because, because I've got more England tops than I do. I have no American tops. I had an American scarf, sold it on eBay. 
You know what I mean? You got you to strike while the iron's hot. And everybody's nuts about footy here for the next 10 days until we're out of the group or we get knocked out of the, you know, the, the, the next stage. So you got to strike while the iron's hot. You got to shift your U.S. gear while everybody wants it. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm and, and the fact that Germany got, got their, uh, what's the German word for ass? <laughs> I lived there for nine years and I ought to know that. Um, yeah, they got their, uh, they got Scheiße coughed this morning <laughs> by the, by, by Japan. So, you know, hats off to, uh, to, to a superior performance. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm stoked. I'm excited. And I know, Matt, this is gonna I'm gonna just probably like cross the streams here. But like, I was watching that U.S. Wales match. Yeah. And I actually was pulling for Wales because I'd seen um, the Michael Sheen videos. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? And I had to explain it to somebody at work. They're like, how can you pull against your own country? I said because that country is about the size of Georgia, our state. I said. About as many people, less people. I said, and they have made it to the World Cup. And I said, and it means more to every man, woman, and child there than it does to this whole continent, right, of North America. I said, so I want the people who it means the most to to get their due. And I said, and we're still calling it soccer. I said, like, <laughs> I, I, was like I said, it's football. I said, we call a sport where, you know, overgrown men – in, in protective gear, run around with a hand egg and smash each other for 10 seconds at a time. And it's about <laughs> the most boring thing I can think of sitting next to, you know, maybe watching, I don't know, Liverpool fan TV or something. I mean, you know, it's like, it's, it's literally the most boring thing ever. And I just, I don't know. I, I tend to, I tend to side with places like the whole world calls it football. Right. So let's put that to bed. All right. For all the haters out there, it's football. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 I respect cultures, but yeah, it's football. You know, yeah. I think we need to get that right, don't we? But uh, but just staying on that topic, then obviously, you know, the the US Wales game was was going to be a curious one, wasn't it? Because you know, I think um, it's almost like a generational game in terms of Wales have got some big players there. You know, in terms of Ramsey, you Gareth Bale's. You could actually argue, I've seen someone say the other day, that Gareth Bale was potentially the greatest British export um, in terms of what he's achieved um, internationally. And, and obviously, it's uh, Real Madrid as well. Um, I think, you know, really David Beckham, really, you could try and suggest was up there. But I, I do think Gareth Bale's probably at the front forefront of that argument. Um, and then USA, actually, a, a team full of kinds of young upstarts, very athletic players, you know, that they're, they're actually, you know, they've, they've got a lot to offer, you know, and some of them are playing in some very good teams across Europe now. Um, I think Weston McKennies, Aronson obviously was on the bench, but obviously at Leeds. Um, <laughs> you had uh, George Weyer's uh, son, uh, Timothy, didn't even know existed, to be honest with you, till the other day when I seen him playing. I was texting Piv, funny enough, as that when the game was on, and it was Piv was like, "Why, why the hell did you know? Not know that was that was George Way's uh, son, but it didn't." Um, but they've got some fantastic young talent there, and it seems to be like a new generation and a new wave um, of players coming through. Uh, Matt, just just start with yourself. You know how integral has Gareth Bale been for for Wales, and you know is is this his kind of last hurrah as such? And and what 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 can what are you expecting out of him? You know. He's been he's been astonishing for Wales, you know, since um, since he converted to you know to, to playing as a forward, 
um, for Spurs, and, and, and he, he's kicked on from there. And you know, when I look back at watching Wales through the years, you know, we've had you know, Ian Rush was 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 the record goal scorer, and then you know it was Dean Saunders sort of came through, and you know Wales is yeah, yeah, and you know Wales is your know, record was like something like 20, 21 or 22 goals. Something like that. Like that you know, it, it was, John, it was wait there. Where's John Arton in this conversation? Yeah. Yeah, must... <laughs> far away as impossible. And, sure. you know, it, the, where, where else is the, the generation that they, they've got now? You know, the Ramseys and Bales and, and um, you know, Wayne Hennessy, Chris Gunter, you know, they've all, they've all come through at the, the same, relatively the same age. They've all come through the, the age groups, so you know it, it's very much like a sort of club, a club environment. You know, regardless of, of their status and what clubs they play for, they're, they're a very very close group. And you know, going back to to the sort of mid eighties, you know, what the Wales had a, a relatively comparable group with Southall, Ratcliffe, Hughes, um, Ian Rush. You know, they they had a lot of good players then, but the the, the, the international system was a lot different then and I think there were a, a lot more stronger teams than, than there are now so you know between between the late the mid mid to late 80s and, and probably the early early to mid 2010s you know Wales have had a, a, a very very big lull in in the quality of their, their international team and you know it, it, it took Gary Speed to completely change the whole culture the whole way that the you know, the Welsh FA operated in terms of, of developing players to, to get to where we are now. And oh, bless, you know, bless ba- Bale, yeah, and, and, and you know, Bale, Bale and Ramsey were were at the forefront of that. They were, you know, these are the type of players who we can we can produce as a nation. Um, you know, these are the types of talents we can have and develop. And you know, we're seeing players now like Brennan Johnson coming through. Um you know, just watching the game the other night, Ethan Amadou, I thought was absolutely fantastic. Big time. He was so so good, and and you know he can't get a game, he can't get anywhere near Chelsea, and he just seems to be going around all the you know the bottom six Italian clubs, you know, constantly on 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 a on a loan. I mean, it's got to come to the point where somebody in the Premier League is going to take a chance on him. It was it was funny because we were talking about him on the Bobbles group in in the summer because uh, when I think Tushy, I can never pronounce the name Tushamni, yeah. uh went to Real Madrid. And when you look at the graphics in terms of numbers yeah. and and data, he wasn't too dissimilar. You know, he had spikes around the same kind of areas in terms of yeah. playing that deep line role. And you almost look at him and look at him the other day, and you think he'd be made for us, wouldn't he? Yeah. You know, in you, terms of it, it was also like you know, in, in the first half. And like Dan James was playing up front, and you know Dan Dan James is one of those players where, on his day, he can be absolutely, he can look absolutely brilliant. Absolutely, and, and you think, oh, you know, I wish I wish we had a player like Dan James on our side. But I think when he plays for your side, you wish, Christ, I wish we didn't have Dan Dan James on our side because he's so frustrating. And you, you we we've got this that kind of issue now with, with Gray and Gordon, and you know they'll they'll do everything but the last bit of crossing or shooting or they'll just fall over and you just think to yourself he's so frustrating yeah and then uh, you know that I, I think that it, it just to go back to what you said about the the american side now they're 
sort of in, in the place where where Wales were perhaps three or four years ago now, where they're going to get a crop of players come through who are, you know, there'll, there'll be levels between between the group. You know, as you, as you mentioned, you, you've got Timothy Ware, who's, who's in St. Francis, but Lille. Lille. Um, yeah. You know, Tyler Evans, West, Western Kenny, played well, but he can't get a game for Juventus at the moment. You know, um, Pulisic. I'd love, love you. I'll, I'll, I'll buy on the hill of Christian Pulisic. I think he'd be amazing for everything. You know, yeah. I, I think he's he's just a little bit more sturdier than Yerry Mina in the in, in the Weetabix stakes. But <laughs> I think the I think I, I think I, I think he'd do a great job for us. I do. And um, you know, Ty, Tyler Adams. I, I was I'm disappointed that we didn't get him in the summer because I, I thought you know he was. He was the type of money we, we could have spent, but we got an on and out. So you know, it, it, it's by the by. But you know, they they they're good good players, and I think if they can sort the centre halves out, because Reem Reem and Zimmerman aren't going to uh, are I'm going to last forever. And you know, Serginio Dest, I think he, he's a little bit of a liability. But you know, from from the midfield to the forwards, I, I think they're a very good side. When the um when the group was drawn. It was right. Probably the result of Wales versus America will probably see who will go through in second place because, you know, no disrespect, you, you'd imagine that both sides are going to beat Iran. You'd imagine that you know there's probably going to be a point at best against England. If not, you know, they, they were both probably using England to go through group winners, and then you know the outcome of, of Wales versus USA that would determine who who get through second place. But yeah. It was. I thought America were very, very good in the first half, and then when Wales brought Kiefer Moore on in the second half, then you saw the value of yeah. not playing with little forwards, little quick forwards, and actually having somebody who the ball will stick to, and uh, will, will bully defenders. And Old then school. Wales were a different proposition in the second half. Old school wasn't it? it was definitely a game of two halves, and you know to use all football cliche, but Astro is that. Your perception of it as well? Did you you kind of see the game tilt on ahead at halftime? Well, I mean, it, obviously, you know, Wales went in at halftime and and made proper in-game adjustments to counter what the U.S. was doing. Um, and it was, like you said, it was a game of two halves, and Wales owned that second half. And, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, when Russell came flying out like 40 yards out of the goal and the U.S. defender had to absolutely clatter Gareth Bale, at the halfway line, people were like, "Why did he do that?" I said, "Because Gareth Bale was scored from the dark, from the opposite side of the field. Right? He could have been in his own. You know, he could have been clear fifty yards further back, and he still would have scored from there if that goal was open. Um, so I think that I think that the U.S. has always had like, like they've always had like four of the five puzzle pieces that they need in in the team complement to be competitive." I think that, and I'm speaking from a very, very, very novice level of, of, of um, awareness of this team because I do not follow the U.S. national team. I just, I'm, I'm an Evertonian first and foremost, right? Um, and like I said, I know more about the England squad and the Wales squad because those players, we see those players a lot more regular uh, in the Premier League. But I do think that, like, it's really, really good for the U.S. national team to do well. Because I think that, you know, I'm 44 years old and there was no football for me growing up. 
I didn't come to footy until the 1996 Olympics. As, a, as an 18-year-old who just graduated our high school, I got to see Nigeria and Brazil play at the world at the uh, at the Olympics. And it was they was played in Athens, Georgia. I saw an 18-year-old Ronaldo play. Oh my God. I didn't realize what I was <laughs> witnessing at the time. Nigeria wins, okay, and it's like four to three, sudden death, golden ball. Nigeria wins. I'm wearing a green shirt in the Nigerian section. Amakachi played that day, got a little Everson connection. And I was blown away by the physicality and and like the atmosphere and the energy. And it and I'd been to a lot of sporting events. I'd been to playoffs in the Major League Baseball um, kind of arena. I'd been to an NFL game and nothing came close to capturing the energy and the electricity that just popped in that stadium. Um, and for me, like national team footy has always been a big deal. I, I saw the U.S. women. Uh, beat China for a gold medal. And I'm probably more connected to the women's U.S. national team than I am yeah. the men because I've actually seen them play in person four times to include the final of the World Cup in 2011 when they got beat by Japan on penalties in Frankfurt. Um, I've supported them, you know. Uh, but for me, I don't have the connection and the knowledge about the U.S. national team. But when these teams do well, okay, it gets the game out there. It gets it more exposure. And it gets – kids and, and and more opportunities to learn and play the game because I feel like in this country like there are just so many opportunities because like there's so much like space right there's so much room right we don't have to worry about like not having a room for a pitch or anything like that because you know it's just everything spread out here so the opportunities for these kids to play right they need like a catalyst to get them hooked and a U.S. team going really, really far into the World Cup, right, into the knockout stages, would be massive for the awareness and the growth of football in the United States. And I think that that's kind of like a snowball effect. The more it happens, the bigger they get, the farther they go. It's just going to knock – there's a knock-on effect farther and farther down the road. Plus, you know, you have pubs opening up here early on Saturdays to, to facilitate people watching the Premier League, Right. So, you know, it's there is an awareness about football here that is only continually grown. Um, and I think that, you know, while I do want the U.S. to do well because it'll grow footy here, I think I would rather see, you know, England and Wales go through because, like I said before, it means more. It just means more. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's um, it's just – it's so it's so exciting to see, like – the match with Argentina and Saudi Arabia. I mean, just the upsets and, and the, like, I don't know. It, it feels like why I fell in love with football, right? I knew how Brazil, I I knew enough to know Brazil was legendary. And for an African nation to knock them off in the Olympics was massive. It was underdog city, right? I love the underdog. And yeah. it, it feels like we don't ever get that in the Premier League. You get, a Wigan win, you get a Wigan win in an FA Cup. You know, you get a Leicester sneaking through one time. But it's just the same old chodes doing the same old things, and I'm sick of it. And the World Cup, it kind of rejuvenates me and gets me excited again. So, like, with Wales, I want Wales to get through because I want Wales to get through, and I want them to, like, snatch one at the death. You know what I mean? In the <laughs> knockout rounds. And I want people to go nuts. I want, I want it to be exciting. I want to hear – Football's coming home, you know. I, 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 this is the stuff that I love, and and I'm I'm so excited to be. It's like a shot in the arm because 
Everton's just been so hard. You know, we we came out of that really long campaign last year, and this year, while changes have been made, there's still so much laid bare that is not done correctly and needs to be improved upon. Um, I mean, listen, Everton couldn't score in a whorehouse with a roll full of hundreds and a pocket full of cocaine, okay, in 1980s <laughs> Miami. We can't. We can't score right now, you know. And so, for me, I'm like in this bad place with Everton, and here comes the World Cup. I wasn't happy about it. I think I don't like where it's being played. I think that the human rights issues have to be addressed. Qatar and the way the migrant workers died by the thousands building those stadiums this game is played in, those things can't be overlooked and glossed over. But I think, though, you do have to put that to the side and you have to look at the beautiful game of football and how it and the passion and the energy and the love that, that, that people have for it. And you just have to focus on the positive. And I, it's just it couldn't have come at a better time. I think uh, I'm going to be ready to run through walls again for Everton by the time this is over. And that's, that's what I, I want. Hey, we won 5 1 today. We're back. We're winning a lot. I've been dog, dog Dixie from uh, Lang Golden's jumping on. I think he wants to give a Welsh perspective as well, to be <laughs> fair. Like, but uh, Dixie gets a hand. Um, but no, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I, I was the same as you, Astro, you know, in terms of when, when I kind of started watching the World Cup. Um, my granddad had this obsession with Brazil. Um, you know, the culture of Brazil, and they, I grew up watching VHS, you know, tapes of, of Brazil and, the, all, you know, all, all the classic sides. And I, I I just loved it growing up. And that, you know, my me, me granddad, funny enough, was was a Liverpool fan. And as as you know, with our, my uncle, me, uh, my godfather, Ian, he, he obviously played for Liverpool in the 80s and went over to the States early 90s, made, you know... He, he, well, as you said before about the the, uh, the actual space, he's made two domes now, soccer domes, in the states. Uh, obviously, got his own football club out there or soccer club, whatever you want to call it. You've had players that have played for the US team that have come graduated from his football team. Um, so you know, it's yeah, I, I've kind of always had the connection with the, with the states, and I know how much USA '94 kind of upsurge that at the time I was only yeah. a kid at the time and you know I remember going over to the States playing uh, watching my uncle play um, you know and being at malls with hundreds of people queuing up for my uncle's autograph and being starstruck that all these people were wanting yeah. me you know to, to, to get my uncle to just to sign a piece of paper for them uh, so you know you know, it, 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 you're actually speaking after my heart with that with, with terms of what the effect can have um, but yeah no, I, I, it's fascinating it's a fascinating watch and I agree with what both of you said that really speaking, that initial game seemed to, to have a real meaning that I felt like, you know, USA and Wales, um, someone had to get the win. Um, I, I was really worried, if I'm honest, about us getting a draw or two. And I'm still worried about that um, because it can happen quite easily. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, if you then end up on the same point, you need to score a lot of goals. So I was happy to see us hit uh, a good few goals against Iran the other day. Uh, but it's going to be fascinating. Um, Iran have done well against Senegal, Uruguay. Um, so, you know, they, they, they're they not a side that, that you know, that, that you should be worried about. But at the same time, you do think on a good day, could they actually get to a point where they can cause... A team to draw, for example, or a Saudi France. Arabia. So, uh, France, France '98, Iran beat the U.S. If my memory serves me correctly, mm. you know, I mean, like it, you know, it's no guaranteed. Like no game is a guaranteed, in my opinion. There's no guaranteed win in the World Cup, um, 
and, and you could, you know, somebody could play out of their minds and, and, and you could play down to that level and you could get done very easily. So I don't think there's any match you can take for granted. And I think that's one of the many reasons why I love the World Cup the way I do. Sorry, I'm just getting attacked by me dog who's now attacking his duck um, that, that was sitting up there. So there you go. Um, now, it, it is, it's, it, it's a great thing to watch and it is a spectacle. And I think you're right what you touch on there, Astro, as well, about the the human rights elements and you, you can't just turn away from that you know and i'm glad to see germany have obviously had the yes kind of protest against that i'm still gutted that that wales and, and england just didn't do it maybe and and just take the yellow card and swap that armband around a bit just to prove a point i think even if he's done it once and you know that picture of gareth bell getting booked and harry kane getting booked might have meant something you know, ironically, I don't think uh, Kane will probably play in the next game, but we'll see. But um, yeah, I think sometimes you just have to make a stand, don't you? And I, I, you get people yeah. say, oh, well, football's not about politics, but being being racist or, or or being homophobic and you know that them kinds of hatreds aren't politics. That just no, that's you know. that's not that's not politics. That's 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 a totally different kettle of fish. Um, and and I, I just want to piggyback on this, right? Like, I understand that I'm an American. And I understand that when you look at my country, uh, in this calendar year, we've had 600 mass shootings, okay? And this place is, it seems to be a bit crazier by the day. And the list of atrocities that the United States has committed around the world is, 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 is long, okay? So I understand that I'm maybe not the, the authority who has the moral high ground to say those kind of things, but I'll tell you this, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not an American. I'm not a Georgian. I'm, I'm an, I'm an Astro. I'm Nick. Okay. And in my personal opinion, right. I abhor, you know, the gun violence. I abhor, you know, anybody who's going to be, um, marginalized or, 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 uh, mistreated because of their color, their, their creed, whatever, who they choose to love or anything like that. Those are human rights issues. Those are not politics and those things are non-negotiable. Okay. Um, and, and, and I think that we as, as like citizens of the world and not just of any specific country have to draw a line in the sand when it comes to things like that. Right. Yeah. It's a woman's body. It's her right to choose. Okay. Um, you know, you can love and marry whoever you want to love and marry and, and the color of your skin doesn't matter. It's the quality of your character. Okay. Uh, the, and, and who you are that, that matters. And, and I think that, you know, I would love to see the teams make a public statement, you know, of support for the people who've been, I don't know, killed in the building up of this World Cup and who've been marginalized because, you know, their 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 existence wouldn't even be allowed in that place. I, I think we all have to do a bit better. Um, and I'm sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. No, you, 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 you think you're, you're right. Go on, Matt. As you said, I think you're absolutely right. You know, from, from a sporting perspective, it's, you know, sport is is the type of environment or the type of medium that, that is going to get a lot of eyes on it and it's going to get a lot of exposure and you know when you get high profile people or high profile teams or high profile events and and they're making the, the right statements and they're making the right sentiments and they're make, sending out the right messages then you know it can't be ignored and, and people will talk about it people will click people will watch and you know it, it's massively massively important and you're absolutely right you know, Harry Kane taking a booking because he's wearing the armband, you know, would have sent out a huge, huge message. It would have been news all over the world. Um, Gareth Bell doing the same. You know, it, it, Messi did it in, in, in the first game. You know, but you know, 
you, I read something about Sebastian Vettel the other day, and it might have been his, his last his last race or the race before there was, but but he had a, a he had a, a top on, and it was it was all about you know equality and things like that, and 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 they said you the authorities you can't do that, and well, I'm wearing it, you do whatever you want, you, you can whatever punishment you want, it doesn't matter. This is more important, and this is what I choose to do. You know, and, and that, that that's a that's a massive massive thing that you know somebody of, of his. You know, of, of his um, station in, in that sport, you know, of, of his um, of his standing, you know, yeah. ju- just just to say, you know, do whatever you want. It doesn't doesn't matter. You know, find me, ban me from the race, whatever it is. You know, this this is what I stand for. This is what I believe in. It's, it's a hugely hugely powerful thing for that for yeah. someone like that to happen. So many people say this, that politics don't belong in sports. Okay, and I'm going to just say one thing. Okay. Muhammad Ali was the greatest fighter that ever lived, okay? But what made him a legend was the fact that he was willing to throw away the prime of his athletic career to take a stand against being drafted to go fight in the war in Vietnam, okay? That man, his legend to me, okay, is not built on what he did in the ring, but how he fought outside the ring for something that he believed in and had conviction for. Those three gentlemen in Mexico who stood at the Olympics with one fist raised in the air, protesting the civil rights issues that were going on in the United States. Okay, see that to me, if somebody says that politics has no place in sport, I point you back to those two moments and and, and I just say, you, you, you got it wrong, okay? I, I think that like, you know, moments like this come along for a reason yeah uh and and i think that we when you haven't when you see something you say something okay talk is cheap playboy that stuff's on the 99 cent menu at mackey's all right actions speak louder than words okay muhammad ali throwing away the best years of his career okay to prove a point that he thought the war in, in 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 vietnam was wrong and unjust and against his religious convictions as a muslim okay I, I, Muhammad Ali is one of my heroes, and I'm sorry to get up on that soapbox, um, nah, but, but I just think I just I think that right now, like why not right now? Because if you don't take that shot now, then you may not have it later. The way these people act is backwards. It is wrong, and it is not inclusive, and it's not the way the world needs to be moving forward. It's the past that we need to put in our rearview mirror. Uh, so, and uh, you know, you, you're after you're speaking after my own heart, here, and you know, we 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 done that obviously, you know, the the, the Moise Keane banner where he was obviously racially abused, and I come up with the idea and put the tweet out, and as Evertonians do, you know, thousands backed it and wanted to donate, and the whole thing progressed, and you still have people saying, you know, well, what about Everton, and you know, the eighties and John Barnes and that and the incidents, and I've got no control over that, you know, I'm, I'm born in eighty four, and and you know what people done at whatever point is wrong, but. All we can do is look forward and try and do the right thing personally, you know. And I think that 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 whole momentum and movements has a positive effect because it sends a message, um, and you know it sends a message to the people of tomorrow. Um, I had messages after the the banner to say that um, there was uh, one lad that was there who was from Afro, um, Afro descent, and, and he said his his lads had been getting a bit bit of racist abuse in in school, and he started questioning. Um, like his heritage and stuff like that, and his dad made a point of taking him to the game against City. Um, and he said he was proud after it, talking about it. And and you know, and his dad said he, he's never been as proud 
to be an Evertonian. You know, he said he obviously lived through the 80s and, and seen all that. And, you know, he gets that. But, you know, society's moved on. Evertonians have moved on. And the terraces have to move on. And I think football's exactly the same. That, Like you say, when you've got a chance, you've got to take the chance and you've got to move forwards. You know, looking back is great and what about her is great. But, you know, you've got to make a stand and you've got to make a difference and you've got to do what you believe in. And, you know, I think... Taking the knee was great, to be fair. You know, I think that was a, a good gesture, but I think they should have just took it one step further for me, you know, and, and actually wore the armbands. I I can honestly say that, you know, it, it's, I just, I, I will say this. I'm grateful for the people who have made the stand. Uh, you know, even one of the German political officials who was next to the FIFA president today wore the armband and good on her and the way the Germans acted today with the team picture with their hands over their mouths I think that's exceptional as well and I think that what you have to have is you have to have a chorus of diverse voices all saying the exact same thing which is no more it stops here okay we're going to drop it and we're going to move forward and we're going to be better okay and 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 I think that that is the only way to move forward um, you know, it, it, it absolute zero tolerance for it. You, uh, and of, and of course, something. Of, of course, Astro as well. It's fair to, to mention the Iran team as well, not singing the national anthem. Absolutely. And those people um, are putting their lives on the line by making a statement like that. You know, women's rights in Iran has been, you know, on the front page of every newspaper, you know, from one side of the world to the other. And, and, and the battle that these young women are fighting uh, just to be treated equally. I mean, it's 2022, and we're still having to decide whether people are going to be treated equally. Come on, man. We got to do better than that. You know, you're never going to be better if you don't act better. And there's no better time than this to start doing it. I I just, I'm very passionate about this, and it's kind of struck a nerve I didn't expect to. Um, but football, like I, 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 it is such a universal thread. Okay. That ties us all together. Okay. Um, you know, I grew up in, in, in Hicksville, North Georgia. Okay. But yet I could sit here and talk to you about Ronaldo. I can talk to you about Everton. I can talk to you about the England national team. And it gives us this common ground, this disarmed area where we can just have that. Okay. And once you start to realize Okay, that just because somebody's different than you, it's not a negative qualifier. Like, like I, 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 I grew up in a small place, and I was really backwards, and I was a bit of an idiot. Um, but I had this wonderful opportunity over the last three decades to travel the world and to see how much incredibly wonderful and beautiful things and people there are out there. And I learned that difference isn't something to be feared. Difference is something to be embraced. Because you learn from other people. You learn from other people's experiences and their cultures and their values. And while they may not be the same as yours, they have to be respected because you get what you give. And when you give respect, you get respect. And in football, you have that mutual respect of the game and how it's played. So there's no better place for this discussion to happen than right here and right now. And I think as well, there's a lot of kinds of people trying to make it very polarized you know it's you know i've got one one of my good friends trevor um should be listening actually uh, who's on the bobblers um you know and and, and trevor's uh, you know in a, a civil partnership he, he chooses not to watch the world cup um and you know he, he messaged me before saying still not watching it you know and 
I, I totally respect it, you know, and, and I, I totally get Trevor's reasons for doing it. You know, I, I you know, respect um, people for watching it, you know, and maybe making a stand in their own way, you know, or pubs not putting it on. I think you've just got to just respect, you know, that 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 actually it it's not that that kind of black and white at times. You know, that people will make their own views heard in different ways, you know, and and there'll be people playing. You know, I've heard this kind of Alex Scott obviously was wearing an armband the other day. You know, I think she's a fantastic. Um, football pundits um, and, and decided to make her stand and, and people question, well, why is she getting paid to do what she's doing? No, she's using a platform to be able to do it. And, you know, of course she's going to get paid. And I think people are just trying to polarise every possible situation. You know, I'm just very much of the, of the thing is live and let live and, and respect people's point of views. And, you know, and, and I think, as you say, that, you know, we've got to use this as, as, as an, opportunity, an opportunity to learn, you know, and life's like that, isn't it? It's a continual opportunity to learn. Um, this is journey. I think though, in, in, in modern day societies and certainly in, you know, the, the, the Twitterverse and things like that, is that people, people feel the urge to reply or people feel the urge to say something. Now, just mentioned Alex Scott there, you know, and she posted that picture of herself with, with the armband on. And then, you know, rather than say, you know, well then, or you know, respect your opinion, things like that, then it's almost made people think, say, well, oh, well, you're getting paid. So, you know, you've been a hypocrite. Well, no, she's not been a hypocrite. You know, she's, she's, set, she's standing up for what she believes in. At the end of the day, she, she's there to do a job. She is employed to do a job. It doesn't stop her from, being able to express an opinion, yeah. I, and I, I think I think you know she's been treated a bit unfairly. I, ironically, I'm just I'm just flicking over my notes, and I use the same notepad for work. And um, part of it is firstly you've got the the, the the National Race Action Plan, so I'm skipping over that um, work we're doing today. I'm then skipping over the Purpose Coalition work being done to actually level up in terms of social mobility and making sure people have the opportunities that they haven't within the country. And I'm, I'm skipping onto my podcast notes about football, which actually seems a bit relevant at, at now. But, you know, I think, you know, it's something that I, I like to talk about in work and outside of work and just just basically just being a human being that cares. Um, you know, and I think football does give us an opportunity, as you said before, Astro to talk about these things and and actually you know understands cultures and differences and yeah I, I mean again I've, I've seen people say you know you should respect other people's cultures but for me um I do you know I, I understand that okay. people do think differently but I just don't 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 think that I don't think that people should be homophobic I don't think people should be racist and I, maybe I'm wrong but that's just that's just my point of view I'm a, I'm gonna I'm be I'm gonna share something very personal okay to prove my point I grew up uh, with some of my elderly family members who were racist, okay? They used racial slurs. They looked at people of color as less than, and they didn't hide that at all, okay? Now, that was the culture that they grew up in, okay? But that culture was bigoted, and it was closed-minded, and it was harmful to other people. So when your culture is harmful, hurts, and holds back, then it needs to change, okay? I don't care. You can't just say to me, well, you're in the South. That's just the way people are. Well, let me tell you something. We fought a war over that. 
And then we had a civil rights movement and we're still dealing with it today, trying to make it right. Okay. Um, so, so I'm sorry, but culture, there is it to me, your ability to celebrate your heritage and heritage and your culture ends when it starts to hurt people and when yeah. it actively discriminates and holds awesome. people back. Okay. It, we have to be better. It's simple. You know, you can't just, you know, I, I don't know. You can't just stand still. Okay. It, it, it isn't some static thing. It is fluid. It is always in motion. And we should always strive to open our minds, to improve ourselves and to accept other people. Okay. Because you know what, at the end of the day, you'd be upset if somebody didn't accept you. Mm-hmm. You sometimes just have to put yourself in that person's opinion or put that, put yourself in that person's position and understand what they face. Walk a mile. Wonder what it's like to walk a mile in their shoes before you say a word. Uh, empathy is effing, isn't it? It really is. You know, and I think, as you say, life Everything. is a continual educational journey. You know, and you, we, we, we are at all different points. And anyway, you know, I, 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 I didn't want to say the words anyway, actually. I think we've had a really important discussion on this. And, you know, I think... Um, it's probably more important than, than any of the episodes you've ever done on the Bobblers actually talking about these things and, and using, you know, a, a perfect opportunity to be able to do so. So, uh, you know, I can only say thanks um, to you both for having a, a kind of fantastic discussion around it. Um, so for anyone listening, look, we're not trying to tell you what to do, what to think. We're just sharing how we feel, uh, you know, our experience and lived experience and journeys are important. You know, and I listen to them, you know, as part of that growing process. And it's helped me. Um, I'm a different person than I was 10 years ago and, and 12 months ago. And I'll be different than, you know, than I am now in five years time. So, you know, open your mind, listen to people, listen to people's experiences and and, and, and just ride that journey because it's important. Um, and it sounds, it, it, honestly, it seems really irrelevant what I'm going to talk about now, uh, which is actually the World Cup kind of football sides of things as well. Um, and I, what, what an awkward segue to go into, but you know, I think I, I'm glad we've had that discussion, honestly, and I'm, I'm glad that's actually been the bulk of the podcast as well. And for anyone listening, in fact, that um, that anybody that, still made it through, if they're still, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, but honestly, I hope people have. And the, the, there's the, obviously the fan, Everton Fans Forum, which I'm, I'm vice chair on, um, the, there is a, a campaign called Evertonians versus Hate, um, you know, and, and we're working obviously alongside different campaigns that just heard came to um, really important campaigns to, to, to really make a difference, you know, and we decide how the terraces are. You are the terraces, you know, and we, we want to make a difference and, and it's about the fans. It's not about certain fan groups or the fans forum or whatever. It's about everyone on them terraces making a difference and, and actually making the future a better place. So if you, if you're listening, if you've got any ideas, by all means, uh, message the Everton Fans Forum or, or myself on the Bobblers uh, Twitter uh, because it's important that we, we stand up against these issues and actually we make tomorrow a better place than it was yesterday and the day before that and the week before and the month and the 10 years before. So, um, looking on to the World Cup, obviously, um, I, I don't even know how the Belgium game's getting on at the moment, but I want to ask you, lads, um, before the tournament, who were you thinking to be the favourites? And has that changed at all, the way you've seen some of the results play out? Um, and I'm going to go with yourself, Matt, first. Obviously, 
seeing as you're the first to log on, I think uh, Astro has put us shopping away, so I'll, I'll come to you first, Matt. Um, who, who are you kind of having off as, as, as the, the favourites before the tournament, and has it changed at all? I thought France would be the favourites because they, they, they've just got such tremendous strength and depth, um, as we saw last night. And you know, there's a, there's a very good mix of experience and, and youth in, in that squad. Um, but I haven't seen Brazil yet. And I think with the forward players that they've got, um, and, you know, they've got, usually with Brazil, they'll, they'll have brilliant forward players, but they've always had a keeper who's never been all that. Julius Cesar was, was, a, was a great keeper, but then he had, you know, Rocky Jr. in front of him. You know, uh, and, you know, Rocky Jr. having a World Cup medal is my equivalent of Igor Bischan having a Champions League medal. It's just, it's just an absolute stain on that on that tournament it's, it's, it's a disgrace um, but no I, I, I thought France at the start but you know Brazil I think you know I, I think I think things are going to start clicking for them yeah and you know I, I think with, with the temperature and thing like that and the um, and the type of conditions that they're playing then I think the European countries will perhaps not not like it as much as the South American countries. Um, so top, I, I, oh. let's stay with your top scorer of the tournament. Top scorer, um, Mbappe. Okay, fair enough. So Brazil and Mbappe. So you expect to both to get to the last round. Um, Astro, just before we come to yourself, I'm just going to do a totally opposing view, just because it seems apt. Um, that I had the Argent Argentines down as the uh, the winners, um, and simply because, and I know obviously this is kind of head to head with Brazil, is that I've just I'm just an old romantic really in, in in my head, and it's Messi's last major tournament, and he hasn't really done it. At World Cup level, um, obviously he did with with, with obviously the Copa America, um, but then I seen the game the other day and I was like, oh my god, it's the Saudis. They were they were almost slapped ashing round in the back, and it was all last ditch tattles or outstretched legs, and I was thinking the old Maldini where you don't really have to to, to commit to a slide tattle if you're in the right place in the first place. But then I was starting to think to myself, it's just one game. But I'm still, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm a man of my convictions. I'm, I'm gonna think that they, they're gonna up the game in the next couple of games, and I think if they get down to it, they're gonna be playing the likes of Brazil, and they're gonna rise to the game because it's a game that actually it's gonna invoke a lot of, a lot of rivalry, a lot of, lot of passion, you know, and and our Messi, being Messi can can just do what he wants in these big hey, games, you, in the one-off games. So, do you, do you think if Argentina won the World Cup, then the um, the question of who's the best, Messi or Ronaldo? Do you think that'll be put to bed because Messi would be the champion? I think the question's been put to bed anyway. Yeah. For me, and I, I don't even entertain it. Messi for me is is the best. Um, Ronaldo is an exceptional goal scorer and an effective goal scorer and one of the best you ever see. I don't think we we should ever compare them. And I hate sometimes the way people get compared. And, and Astro, you know this because. I was talking about Baines on, on WhatsApp to you the other day. 
on yeah. saying that that actually we're fucked because for the next ten years <laughs> or twenty years, no one's ever going to be late in Bain. So, you know, we we, we no we, the comparisons are always going to be there. But actually, we've had two great players at the same time, and we should just celebrate them both. Um, you know, the fat boy slim, we want you know praise you uh, kind of line and. We shouldn't actually try and say who's better. It's just the both absolutely quality. But for me, I think it's just a case of what you like personally. You know, some people like, you know, the steak well done, a bit of peppercorn sauce. I'm more of a, a medium rare man, no sauce, you know, proper seasoning, but South American. Um, so for me, it's messy. And, and that's because the way he plays the football, you know, he mm-hmm. takes it, he controls it, he dribbles past people. Ronaldo probably plays in a slightly different way. And, you know, I think there's no right and wrong answers on it. Uh, I'm sorry to segue in totally, but uh, yeah, no, that, that that is my my summary on that. Um, but uh, Astro, what about yourself? Views well, on that and, and views on actually who you think as well. Firstly, fun fact, Leighton Baines is responsible for more broken pieces of furniture and celebration than any other thing in my life. <laughs> when he scored that absolutely scud missile, like, shot at Newcastle. You remember when he like literally yeah. kicked it from the halfway line? Oh my God. Like that and like that free kick at Chelsea in the FA Cup. We were wearing those sweet Lecoq Sportif third strips. And uh and don't you don't you remember when like Hytinga shoulder barged Ashley Cole walking up for the penalty? Beautiful memories are right there. Fun, fa- fun no. fact here Astro just to pause on this right Johnny Hytinga um one league game, I'll never forget. I was obviously we, we do a thing called the Changra on the Bobblers. A lot of us sit in the paddy. So each game, someone comes down about 36, 37 minutes to get it earlier every season. Um and gets all the all the well the pints in, but obviously no longer Chang, it's crap ale and and I, I don't have Carlin Gorkor, so I've got to buy myself a red wine like Sam Allardyce in a pint at the moment. But um, <laughs> uh, but someone goes down and gets old lads ailing, so we, we kind of rotate that round the Bobblers crew. Um, and this one week, Johnny Heitinger was playing, um, and I shot down. I thought some quick, quick rounds in. He always goes to the same bar, which is like the literally the first point or so you come out because uh, it, it's always free. And there was a fella there, and I, I, I kind of walked behind him. He said. Um, and it, he said, uh, 28 pints, please. And I was like, 28 <laughs> pints? And it was Chang at the time. So like, is he insane? I can't even bring, I, I can't even finish one pint of Chang at half time because it was that cold. It was like brain freeze when you try and drink it. I said, 20, you are, you know, and they're, they're about four fifty five pounds ago anyway. So, you know, he was talking, it was straight into the, you know, the heavy figures anyway. So I, anyway, I, I should have just ran to the next queue, but I was fascinated to speak to him. Said, "I, this can't just be for you." And, and as it was, he was he was well. I've still got him on Facebook actually, but um, he, really good lad. And they were over, they were over from from Holland's and or from round about Amsterdam, and they, they were huge fans of, of Johnny Heitinger. Um, and and they all came down at half time. Sure enough, there was about ten of them, but they had twenty eight pints. And <laughs> and sure enough, they didn't get through them. We started passing them round and. No one can get through twenty pints of Chang at a half time, but uh, yeah, no, uh, sorry, sorry to go off on a, a pure tangent on the Johnny Heisinger angle, but go on. Back on I absolutely no, I absolutely love that. Um, <laughs> listen, I have to say, like, I'm I'm such a copycat. Um, I too like thought that France would would do well. Um, just like you said, Matt, with their depth of squad, experience, and and the youth element as well, and then you just got the pure skill of Mbappe. I mean. 
watching that match yesterday, it's just that kid's on a different planet. It's acceleration is astonishing. Oh, I mean, I, I yeah, and, and and I have to be like, I I hate always, I hate picking the same thing as somebody else, but I can't disagree with your logic at all. I think that um, I think that Brazil are going to do well. Obviously, we haven't seen them yet. That's, but I'm just looking at their team sheet. I'm looking at kind of just the big picture and my gut feeling. It just feels like this has Brazil written all over it um, for so many different reasons. And in uh, Mbappe, unless he gets injured, mm-hmm. I honestly don't see anybody outscoring him uh, at, at the competition because he's just—I don't know—that that that man is just—he—he—he he is he's an incredible athlete. He is an incredible athlete, and he has an incredible gift and an exceptional touch. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I think we're all going to win because we're going to get to enjoy some boss footy when we don't normally like have it. I'm going to be happy when it goes back to being in the summer. Um, but it's a, it's, I think we're all going to win because we get a little break from Everton to an extent we get to kind of reset and distance ourselves, kind of rest up because I think that, um, we're going to have an uphill battle, uh, and that uphill battle starts boxing day, uh, when wolves come a calling. So for me, um, yeah, I think, uh, I've got to, God, I've got to copycat, but when you're right, you're right, mate. And you are so right. It's going to be, I think it's going to be Brazil and Mbappe, um, and uh, was there another question that I needed to answer? No, that was it. That was it. You answered it perfectly there. Um, so there you go. Um, I'm, a, I'm a copycat. That's all right. It's not wrong with uh, I'm just gonna gloat if I get it right, and I'm sure you'll gloat <laughs> if, if you two get it right. I'll get I'll get a double, but there you go. Um, but yeah, just on the Everton front, because look, it's an Everton podcast, we'd be wrong not to mention them. Um, obviously, five goals today. Um, there'll be plenty of people who probably look at that and say, well, you shouldn't score five goals because you're against a, a side that, you know, probably equivalent to a Sunday League side in terms of what you're playing. But it's just nice to get a bit of confidence there. We've seen Dwight Silver McNeil uh, strolling around <laughs> midfield in that unfamiliar position. I, and I'm sure that can trigger a lot of people. But uh, I'm just going to double down on that. But um, obviously, M- Mope, much maligned, get the header as well. Do you think that I was I was thinking about this long and hard, and I've seen a lot of people talk about it. Um, and I think that talking to people that I have, that Everton were trying to get a Richardson replacement, if that's even possible. And I don't think that McNeil was necessarily bought like that. I think that it was a different different. Obviously, they've got a plan, haven't they? And they're thinking, right, well, we need him in. We want to do it. Frank even spoke to, obviously, Toffee, Toffee TV the other day, top of the spine. So he thought, you know, they sort the midfield out, which I think they did. He sort of the centre-half, so they, they added leadership to the dressing room. And he then wanted to look at that front end, didn't he? Um, I mean, the mistake probably was was thinking that Calvert-Lewin would be OK again. Uh, if he was, then the story might be slightly different than what we're talking about today. Um and then they looked at probably replacing Richardson, which, which let, let's have it straight, was was a big loss. You know, it's a guaranteed multiple figure scorer, and they haven't managed to get him in. I don't think bringing McNeil in or Mope was a replacement for that. Genuinely, from what I've heard, that both would have they didn't have a lot of upfront upfront cash in the last window, um, and I think McNeil ended up being about two and a half million they paid upfront. Mope was about the same, three million, three and a bit million. Um, so they actually paid five million 
people will look at the, the total outlay and I get that. But a modern day football, we all know that it doesn't necessarily work like that. You know, things aren't as that polarised and black and white as, as people try and make out. Um, they'll be looking at other players such as Yar Pedro from Wofford's. Uh, but again, you know, I think Watford wanted 20 odd million up front. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. So so we were looking. Um obviously the finances just didn't work. We didn't kind of knee jerk towards it. But I think we're all in the same position now. And I think McNeil and Mope may be getting a bit of a a bit of a lash from that because it's like, oh, we signed McNeil and got rid of Richardson. I don't think that was the same thing. Uh, I think we we tried to then add a bit of depth for cheap, but I think we've all realised now actually we need to get someone in on that top ends, if not one, maybe two because of Calvert-Lewin. So over to yourselves. I can see you're both desperate to speak. I, go on. I, I think he's a great... Go on, then. Go on. No, I was just going to say Onana's on for Belgium. I just yes. got a text, yeah, saying Onana's on. So, nice. I, I think if, if, you, if you can try and take the emotion out of it and go back to last season... And look what our options off the bench were. You know, I, I, I think you just you, you struggle. You struggle, and all we had was defenders and Rumble. You know, it, it, we had very, very little, very little. And when you describe McNeil as, as as a squad player, you know, and 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 that, that's exactly what he is. You know, he's a capable, capable squad player who can play. He can probably do a job at left back. He can play at left wing back. He can play left wing. He can play off the right. So when you're talking about you know square pegs and round holes, you know, we we've been to the absolute extreme of square pegs and, and round holes, and now you know we're perhaps looking at bringing in capable players rather than just putting somebody in there to fill a left you know, to fill ten outfield shirts. But they're players with you know with 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 Premier League quality in brackets but you know we we had all we had the money we had we had to do what we had to do and you, you had to try and, and and pad your squad out with better players than what you had for, for the money that, that you had to spend and you know sadly when you look at players like like Joe Pedro as you mentioned or Smailasar you know what Watford are in a position where you know they've got Udinese so if they can't move a player on for the money they want to, they can just send them over to Italy, get them off their books. You know, they can have a good season in Serie A, the players will retain their value. You know, it, it, they're, they're in a different position with that. You know, Burnley, you know, the money they want for corner, they, they were just playing poker with, with him and it was somebody will come in for him and it's just whoever blinks first. You know, when we went with a loan and then the loan with an obligation, then went back with, you know, a low offer. And I think... Moyes did what he normally does is, you know, watches what everybody else does in the transfer within the market. And, you know, then he'll buy whoever he thinks somebody else is going to try and get in ahead of him. You know, after we took Onana off his toes, then I don't think it was any way he was going to lose Cornet to us as well. Uh, It's an interesting one, Moyes, as well, isn't it? Because obviously time waits for no man. Um, And I've got a a particular uh, bobbler enthusiast on a... Fair to say, who likes Dave Moyes, but he spent nearly two hundred million in the summer uh, on players, you know, on strikers, um, you know, close to fifty million on Shabaka. But he spent a lot of money there, Matt. Um, 
I know that you, we've spoken about Moyes in the past. What are your thoughts on, on, on obviously he's now sitting on the, on the same points as, as Frank Lampard as well with with that outlay, you know, and obviously we've we've had the restrictions. I, th- I think it's, he's in a bit of a precarious position, to be honest with you, because with with West Ham, you know, they they've gone for, in the last sort of three or four years, they've gone from a low base. They had Moise. They decided he wasn't the way forward. They brought Pellegrini in, and then all of a sudden it was right now. You know, he he spent quite a lot of money. So you know, West Ham over the last four, four probably four or five years, probably spent close to four hundred million. I'd imagine between Moise yeah. and, and and Pellegrini and. You know, in a minute they're going to start going. Well, we, we need, you know, we, we need a return on it. And, and you know, they had a good run in, in Europe, but you know, they they're getting like we used to. You know, we're, we're in Europe now, so we want to go again. We want to go again. We want to go again. And you know, they, they're not going to probably do it through through winning the European competition or winning the league. So you know, it's going to be through through cup competitions or finishing in the Europa League positions. And I haven't spent the money that they spent. You know. It was, was Paqueta, I think, was his, his agent said you know, we were hoping for a bigger club. Yeah, but you know they they settled for West Ham, which means that you know in my mind he's come for Premier League exposure and probably four or five times what he was earning at, at Lyon, and you know just the old Dimitri Payet scenario is well I'll have a good season here and I'll go somewhere else, but let's just get myself out there. But you know I think that I think the the Dildo brothers are gonna gonna want to return on an investment very, very shortly. <laughs> and um, you know, I I, I think <laughs> if, if they're not if, if they're not in the top half, come the last You've lost Astro now. You've lost Astro. <laughs> if, if they're not in the top half come the last week of January, I, I think you'll be gone. I don't think you'll have any money to spend whatsoever in January. And he'll need to manage themselves out of that, that situation. But you know, I know Lampard's the, the favourite at the moment for next manager to go, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Moyes. Not surprised one bit. You know, going back to what we were just talking about, you know, I have to be honest, right? Like in my my professional like mindset, you address the most dangerous emergency first, right? So our biggest emergency in the summer was we had to sell to stay inside of profitability and sustainability, right? Which is kind of agreed upon, you know, that's why that's the impetus behind Richarlison being sold and you had to, okay? So you address that. And then the next issue is you're never going to be able to replace a player of his caliber in this window with the money that you have on hand because our financial situation ain't the rosiest in the garden, okay? Um, so so we had to address the foundational issues of a squad, okay, that was coming up shorter than Danny DeVito, okay, when it, in, in, in comparison to other, you know, Premier League teams that we're going to be competing with to stay up. Um, so for us, we had to address those squad issues in the best way we possibly could. And obviously, you know, for us, we're looking through a keyhole at the entire thing. Uh, and, and we're literally, you know, working off of little or no information. And some of that's not good information. So there's so much conjecture and opinion that gets pumped into it. Um, you have to be objective. Okay. And I can say this, the biggest failing looking back at the summer is the assumption that Dominic Calvert-Lewin has mm-hmm. the ability to stay healthy and fit for long periods of time. Okay. For whatever reason, 
his body is failing him at the moment. Okay. Um, and instead of finding somebody to back him up, we need to find somebody to either be just like him or replace him. Okay. We're not looking for a stand in. We're looking for somebody who can step up regularly and take his place. Okay. Uh, an equal or, or somebody better. Um, but goals, 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 goals is the name of the game moving forward because if we don't score them, we're not staying up. Um, and I think that you have to be very objective and you have to be dispassionate. You have to take the emotion out of it and you have to look at where we sit now in this window versus where we sat last year. Now, obviously, with the World Cup falling the way it did, we've got over half the season left still to play, okay? And the transfer windows are out of whack and everything else. Yes, we do have a few matches that are going to be played before that window opens, but we're going to have a squad who is going to benefit from having had another preseason. Lampard hasn't even been here a year. His coaches have not even been here a year. This team has a lot of people that left and a lot of people that have come in. Okay, so chemistry, it ain't easy in a lab, and it's even harder in a locker room. So we need to give these people time to get everybody on the same sheet of music and singing the same song in the same key in a harmonious way. Okay, now, if we can address the attacking options that are the biggest elephant in the room over this January window, and you have to answer that question in a way that's going to make sense long term financially, we can't go out splooging money around like the dildo Baggins brothers, okay, to, to just buy everybody, you know, cock proprietors of the Shire, you know what I mean? Um, you know, these guys, we can't go around playing their dickish game, okay? Um, so, boy, you broke me with that earlier, man. That was boss. Uh, my brain's been sitting here spooling that up. It's the right time to use it. Um, but, no, like, in all honesty, we have to answer these questions smartly in ways that aren't going to hamstring the club in the next transfer window because I think that it's not just this window but the next summer window that's going to ultimately decide whether Frank Lampard's going to be able to stay and establish himself at Everton and the problem is is that we've got so many questions that have to be answered and limited funds in order to put against those problems to answer them so there's going to have to be some creativity okay there's going to have to be a little bit of magic and I think that the supporters are going to have to step up again I think it's only a mere matter of time before we're going to have to start you know rattling the rafters and raising hell to get behind these players drag them over the line again okay because they can't do it themselves they don't have the facilities for that. Okay. So we're going to have to jump in the pit with them again. All right. Um, I'm preparing myself for that. That's why I've been quiet. That's why I'm resting up. I'm getting ready. Cause I know that the real fight hasn't even started yet. So I, I just want people to enjoy the world cup, let the club fingers cross, do their job. They know, look, I know, you know, Jimmy Swaggart knows we need goals and that's going to be the top of their hit list. Come that January transfer window. We just need to absolutely slot wolves on Boxing Day. I mean, beat them like they owe us money, all right, and send them back with the tails tucked between their legs to the pen at Molyneux, and 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 then okay, let's go from there. We, that that Bournemouth, that that misadventure down in Bournemouth is still stuck in the back of every Evertonian's mind. We need to palate cleanse that shit, and we need to get on the good foot, and we need to start kicking people up the ass with it. Sorry, that's it. Ran over. I think you're fair, fair, fair play. It's all you know. And got um, out of four, we've got three home games now. We need to win all three. Um, obviously, I don't want to say City's a bike because 
we shouldn't say that. We should be going against a city side and, and having a go. Um, so let's see what happens. Uh, we, we know what the, the task is. Um, it's good to see he scored a few goals the other day. Let's hope that breeds confidence um, and, and we'll go from there. Uh, we're going to leave on, on, I'm sorry about this, Matt, and I'm sorry about this, Astro. I'm going to leave on, on a classic England song. Um, so I'm not going to say because I don't really upset them, but uh, they'll, they'll find out later on the line. But uh, let's hope it's coming home, as Astro says. Um, and uh, thank you for listening, as always, to the Bobblers podcast. Well, some of the crowd are on the pitch. 